Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to another excellent episode of All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Luke. How's everybody doing out there? Did you have a wonderful weekend? Well, I did, and it was nice and sunny. Well, we had a little bit of rain, but you know, rain don't hurt nobody. You know how it is. We got to deal with the weather the way that it's given to us, and you know, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Guess what? We have an excellent episode, episode 13, and the name of the episode is Even. The name of episode 13 is Even, and all of y'all who's out there in basketball land know what I mean because the NBA Finals is 1-1 and it's even. Going back to Allcore Arena in Oakland, the defending champions will be the hosts. But before we do all of that, get into all of the finals recap and things of that nature, we're going to start by saying tap in. And you know what I mean. You know what Coach Luke means when he says tap in. Tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram and tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. And you know the deal. If you need good training, hit that email button and we'll get right back to you. You could you could leave your information and then we'll just get right back to you so we can get you out there and give you some good training. We got great coaches on deck. Well, let's get into episode 13. A young man, um, the last episode, hit me on the gram and asked me about who would start for the University of North Carolina. Now, I'm pretty sure he was a UNC fan. He said it, it, it was stated, big fan of UNC. And I'm hoping that he's listening to this podcast because I got a little information, not only for that young little man, but... Uh, I got a little information for everybody. We were talking about either Kobe White or Cole Anthony and who would be the starter on the UNC Tar Heels team this upcoming season. Well, as of May 31st, Kobe White entered his name or entered his hat into this year's NBA draft. So we kind of figure out that that job is Cole Anthony's at this point and no one else's because Kobe White will forego his last three years at UNC and enter this year's NBA draft. And Kobe White is a phenomenal player. I mean, I was talking to you guys before about what a great NBA combine Kobe White had. And, then you know, at these combines, what happens when you're an underclassman, you can either, you know, Read the tea leaves, listen to GMs, and listen to scouts, what they're talking about. They A lot of times they'll say, hey, man, I think you're ready right now to go to the NBA. Or they might tell you, you know, maybe you should stay in school. And it's still up to you whether you feel you're ready or not. But it's always good to get a professional's uh, eyesight or inputs, shall I say, on your on your game and your situation. So evidently, Kobe White got a lot of good news from a lot of good people. And on May 31st, which was last Friday, he said, hey, I'm going for the NBA. And kudos to Kobe White. He's just an excellent, excellent talent. And he was an excellent talent when he was in prep school going to the U- going to the University of North Carolina. So he's giving himself a shot at the NBA. And it's more than a shot because he definitely will be in the first round. And when you're a first round draft pick, you have a lot of promise and a lot of opportunity to show what you're worth to the NBA. And so congratulations to Kobe White. He'll be at the draft. And of course, you know, all things basketball podcast will be at the draft also. So we'll be right there with Kobe White on, on June 20th to see where Kobe White will be selected. But again, I'm hoping that that young man is listening because now the the scenario that was going to happen at UNC will no longer happen because one Kobe White is putting his hat in the ring for this year's NBA draft. And that's a very, very exciting thing, not only for Kobe White, Coach Roy Williams, who's a great coach. He probably had a lot of input in Kobe White's decision as well as his family. I mean, it's always wonderful when a young man 
takes the responsibility and puts everything on his shoulders and say, this is what I'm going to do. It's a sign of manhood. And I'm so, so proud that Kobe White is making this move. All right. We're going to deal with one Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green. Uh, you know, I saw something last night during the game that was very, very disturbing. But then again, these are young men. And, and you know, I can't control or no one can control uh, attitudes of that nature. But I think the situation with uh, uh, the back and forth situation with these four players and Drake uh, is kind of getting out of hand. Yeah, I said Drake. And he's not even a baller. Drake? Drake? I mean, he's not even a basketball player. And, I mean, these guys are really going at Drake. And, of course, Drake is holding his own, too. He's saying a lot of different things also. But I think as professionals, as NBA professionals, these guys should really handle what's going on, the court, what's happening on the court, and not worry about the fans. And I'll tell you what, that's what Drake is, a fan. He might have a lot more money than most of the fans. He might have enough money to sit right next to the court where he can reach out and touch you. But at the end of the day, Drake is a fan. And he should be, you know, what what's happening is I think these guys are somewhat taking it a little bit too far. And I'm going to tell you why I think they're taking it too far. When the commissioner, Adam Silver, says it's getting a touch out of hand, all right, now, now the league office is starting to look at just this situation. And I think, you know, when the league office starts to make comments, then, you know, the players here are on notice because you can get fined. You know, you really can get fined. But again, you know, like I said, all of these guys are young guys, you know, and some of these guys, they deal with their emotions a little different. But I mean, just looking at it from Coach Luke's eyes, I think, you know, if you're a professional, then you should stay a professional and keep everything on the basketball court because what's the difference between Drake and the guy next to Drake? All right. The guy next to Drake, he isn't saying nothing. He's cheering. He's cheering for his team. And in this case, it was Toronto. So, I mean, just because uh, Drake is a well-known um, guy, you know, he's still also a fan. And, you know, we at all things basketball, <laughs> I mean, we keep things basketball here. So we're not going to really expound on the the situation at hand as far as Drake and these players. But because these players are involved in all of this back and forth, then we have to make we have to bring the news to the listeners. And so I just think that it's it's just it's getting out of hand. And of course, you know, the NBA is watching it very, very closely. So, you know, we'll just leave it at that and, you know, keep on tapping in all things basketball podcasts on Instagram, all things basketball podcasts on Facebook. Tap in, tap in, like, download, share. Come on, people. Let's roll. Let's do it. It's a new week. Let's keep it going. All right. John Morant, John Morant, as we all know, um, is the most flamboyant to me, to Coach Luke, is the most flamboyant and electric player that's in this year's draft, all right? And Memphis has has not said it, but they're, they're really courting John Morant very, very hard. Now, Coach Luke mentioned a few episodes ago that they had a two-and-a-half-hour meeting John Morant's representatives and the Memphis Grizzlies brass. And it didn't go, you know, it can't, it didn't go as well as either side thought it would go. But again, sometimes you meet and you have to meet again to come to a common ground. So that was basically probably their first encounter on both sides. But what I'm about to say is that maybe the Memphis Brass was told what we've actually found out and that John Morant had a minor knee surgery, a small surgery. But then again, what surgery is small? 
you know? So he had a minor knee surgery to um, remove small deposits from his knee, and he has a three to five week recovery time. Well, you know, as we know, uh, uh, um, you know, training camp is not until September. So I, I definitely, he's young, and I definitely expect John ja Moran to be more than ready when whatever training camp he attends or whatever training camp that he has to go to to get ready for the season, I expect John ja Morant to be more than ready to perform for this upcoming season. And what's going on is that the Memphis Grizzlies are saying, well, hey, you know, this guy is having a, a knee surgery already. He hasn't played one game. He, um, you know, he's, you know, this is a concern of ours. Well, I don't know how much of a concern it should be. You know, Coach Luke always tells you guys that, you know, what happens is if you're playing from five years old and now you're 19 years old, you know, that's a lot of wear and tear on your legs. And basketball is a game that you have to work on constantly. So that's a lot of wear and tear. Now, if you're looking at it from a standpoint, well, he hasn't played in the NBA yet. So what? He's still playing basketball. In his journey to get to the NBA, he had to put in a whole lot of time. And of course, you know, this is a type of injury that you can't play with. I'm pretty sure this young man doesn't want to go into the NBA season with this type of situation hanging over his head. He wants to be 100% so he can perform at the high, high level that everybody know that John Morant can perform at. And so, you know, um, that's the story with John Morant. I don't see it deterring any teams. I don't see it uh, um, as a reflection on John Morant. I just see him performing at a high, high level. And I tell you what, you guys know Coach Luke is a New York Knicks fan. He's a New York, a big-time New York Knicks fan. So, okay, Memphis, if you want to keep talking about your iffy and, and you don't know about John Morant, well, don't pick him. <laughs> don't pick him because I know the Knicks are at number three. All right? And I don't want to have to give Coach Fisdale a call. Because I'll give him a call and say, hey, look, Fizz, you know what to do with that number three pick. All right? Well, something beautiful that I want to talk about, and I want to talk about, uh, uh, and it's, it involves the WNBA. And this is, this is just a great, great story. And, you know, I couldn't wait to get to you guys, my listeners, to talk about this situation. And the situation involves the Akumake, the Akumake sisters, and and it's four of them, and they're just wonderful. I mean, a lot of us know about Nika Akumake, um, you know, All-NBA, um, two-time champion with the L.A. Sparks, uh, and, and, you know, just traveling the world, performing. She's the most known. Well, as of lately, We've been seeing Chini Akumake on ESPN. She's a commentary. And she's now, she was on the Connecticut Suns, but she's now with her sister on the L.A. Sparks. So you got both the Akumake sisters on the L.A. Sparks, and it's a beautiful thing. And then you have Olivia Akumake as well as Erica Akumake. They are uh, uh, basketball royalty as far as coach Luke is concerned and it's all four sisters now the younger two Erica and Olivia they're at the University of Pepperdine and they're playing collegiate ball while the two older sisters Nika and Cheney are playing for the LA Sparks and that's a wonderful thing it's four beautiful young ladies that are going and shooting for their dreams. And I just think it's great. I really, really do. I mean, you know, um, the Connecticut Sun was citing that that Cheney Akumake was, was shrugging her responsibilities. And I think that was horrible because like Coach Luke always says, we can do more than one thing. And I don't even understand how she was shrugging her responsibilities. I think some of these teams, when you're playing basketball, that's all they want you to do. 
Okay. And what she was doing was she, she was working at ESPN in the off season. She's a basketball analyst, people. She can do more than one thing. And now that the WNBA season is upon us, we don't see her on ESPN because she's busy on her working on her day job, which is being an excellent forward for the LA Spa. All right. And they played the Connecticut Sun in their opener. The LA Spark played the Connecticut Sun in their opener. And Cheney Akumake really went off. Coach Luke saw a little bit of the game. But when you play your old team, you really want to show something to them. You want to let them know the mistake that they made by letting you go over little small things. And she really went to work. And you could tell that her teammates were really pushing her the ball more times than none. And again, you know, the Kumake sisters is just a wonderful, wonderful story. It's a great basketball story. And of course, we're going to bring that out at All Things Basketball Podcast because that's what we do here. We love great stories and that's a great story. All right. All right. Tap in. Tap in. We're still here, baby. Tap in the All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram. Tap in the All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. Hit that email button if you need good training. I mean, the summer is upon us. All right. We can get out in the park now. We don't have to go to the gyms, but we can get out in the park. It don't matter where you want to train. It's up to you. If you want to go in the gym next to your house, we could do that. If you want to go to the nearest park, we can do that. But whatever you do, you're going to get some great training from All Things Basketball Podcast because we got some great coaches on deck. And again, like I said, Coach Luke is looking at a lot of resumes, and we're going to have a lot more coaches that's going to join our crew of coaches. So, you know, hit that email button if you want good training. Download, like, share, share your comments. Again, the Instagram feed is open, people. Anytime you want to hit up with a question. Again, like I said, I love those training questions because Coach Loop is a coach. I'm a podcaster, but I'm also a coach. <laughs> Darius Garland. Darius Garland, um, point guard from Vanderbilt. And, of course, he's definitely in the top, I would say, five or six players in this year's NBA draft. A phenomenal talent. A phenomenal talent. And a lot of people have him going at number four to the L.A. LA Lakers. A lot of people have him going number four to the L.A. Lakers. All right? And so, you know, Darius Garland, he attended – the um, pre-draft camp in Chicago. And the thing about Darius Garland is he performed, there's two parts of the pre-draft. It's the morning where you train and you, and you talk to GMs and et cetera, et cetera. And then you perform a little bit in the morning. And then in the afternoon you go to lunch. And then when you come back in the afternoon, it's all basketball. So Darius Garland, what we're hearing is he's, he um, attended the early part, and he only attended one of the three days, but he only attended the first part of the first day. And the reason why he attended the first part of the first day is because he he got what we call an NBA promise. For now, for all my listeners who don't know what an NBA promise is, is a promise is what happens when you go and you perform and a lot of general managers like you, they'll tell you, listen, you don't have to do anymore. We're going to give you a promise. And that promise means that they're going to select you in the NBA draft. All right. But Coach Luke really doesn't like these promises. And I'm going to tell you why. Last year, Mitchell Robinson of the New York Knicks got a promise. And I'm not going to mention the name of the team that gave him a promise because it shines a negative light on teams that do this. But Mitchell Robinson got a promise from a team last year, all right? And thanks to Mitchell Robinson, 
even though he got the promise, he continued to perform last year at the combines at a high, high level. And he continued all three days because when the draft came, when the time came for the draft last year, all right, this team who promised Mitchell Robinson that they were going to draft him did not draft him. You see what Coach Luke means about these NBA promises? They really are, uh, that's all they are, a promise. That's all they are, a promise. I, I, I mean, you know, it's not something that, you know, you can you can hold your hat on. You know, it's not something you can hold on. They, they, you know, it's not like a contract. Meaning they, they're just going to, um, you know, give you that promise and politely ask you to go home. But I tell you, when your career is on the line and you're a young player, male or female, that promise really doesn't mean too much. And you need to just uh, continue to play at a high, high level so that everyone, so that everyone can see you. And so Darius Garland, back to Darius Garland, he left because he got an NBA promise, all right? And so maybe it'll work out well for him. I believe it will because Darius Garland is Darius Garland is an excellent, excellent talent. And so, you know, there's no way possible that it won't work out well for him. But, I mean, at the same time, you know, these promises, like Coach Luke said, he really doesn't like these promises, you know, because they don't, they don't pan well for the, the the normal ball player that, that goes out there and performs at a high, high level. There's always a um, a hiccup involved when they give these NBA promises. But, again, you know, it's up to the player. It's up to the player. If the player feels good and comfortable with the NBA promise, then they should do so. But just Coach Luke's opinion is really – I think you really should just go out there and perform. If you went out there, go out there and perform all three days and let the chips fall where they may. All right. All right. Okay. Here comes the Instagram and I love it. Wow. All right. We haven't had any training um questions in a while. Okay. Love it. I love it. How to become. Okay. How you doing? Hey, coach Luke, how to become a better rebounder. I think I answered that before, but I'll, I'll get a little more in depth. All right. I'll get a little bit more in depth. A lot of people, first of all, it's your will. It's your hunger. All right. Always remember that's the first thing, your will and your hunger to get that basketball, all right, to out-compete your opponent, all right? And second, it's your positioning. Now, a lot of people think your positioning has a lot to do with um, your upper body so much. Well, of course, your upper body plays a part. But Coach Luke really believes it's from your waist down. All right, your posture from your waist down, your footwork, all right, the way that you position yourself as your opponent, all right, it's all from the waist down. And your footwork is more essential than anything. It gets you in the right position to get that rebound. But as you get in the right position, the reason why Coach Luke started with will is because you have to will yourself to be want to be a good rebounder. You have to will yourself to, to, to perform in a way and to mentally and physically say to yourself, listen, I'm going to get that rebound. The guy next to me is not going to get it. I'm going to be the player that get that rebound, to get that rebound. And so those are the things that you have to focus on when you want to become a good rebounder. All right. There's a, a few drills, but we'll go into one drill where you're constantly throwing the ball up against the backboard and you're going up with two hands as high as you can jump up. As soon as you throw the ball off the backboard, you jump up with both your hands and come down 
and keep doing that. Give yourself about 20 of those where you're throwing it off the backboard and you're jumping up right behind your throw and grabbing the ball with both your hands and coming down in a good posture in a good way. All right? And that's how you become a better rebounder. And again, I, again, we're going to start having these things visual on Instagram and on Facebook and a lot of training methods because, again, it's great to get these questions and it's excellent that I, I feel good when they come in and I answer them, but I sure would like it to be a lot more visual so that you can see exactly what Coach Luke is talking about. But thank you very much for the question. And hey, man, work on that rebounding and you'll get better. And you work on anything you want to do and you'll definitely get better. Thank you for the question. I appreciate it. I hope I helped you in a big, big way. Tina Charles, excellent ball player. Excellent. Tina Charles for the New York Liberty. And it says here, Tina Charles. Wow, okay. Tina Charles for Brianna Stewart. That's news to Coach Luke. Wow. Now, Brianna Stewart plays for the, the, the defending champion, Seattle Storm of the WNBA. But she's out for the season with a, with a um, torn Achilles heel. A ruptured, I mean, excuse me, a ruptured Achilles heel. So she's out for the season. And I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to a ruptured Achilles heel, not every player comes back from that. Now, Brianna Stewart is a very young player. And no doubt, I believe she will come back from it. But not every player comes back from that type of injury. And so you want to... Um, um, the New York Liberty are entertaining trading Tina Charles. Someone like Tina Charles. Now, Tina Charles also is an excellent, excellent player. And she's winding down on her career, but she's still playing at a very, very high level. And I don't know if, if Coach Luke would make that type of trade. I mean, that would be a gamble. Now, to be honest with you, Coach Luke does believe Brianna Stewart will probably be the best player in the WNBA if you give her maybe two or three years. I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna play around with you people. Brianna Stewart has the ability and the strength and the skills to become the best player in the WNBA, but right now she's injured, so I don't. I mean, you know. That's a serious gamble on the, the the New York Liberty's part. Now, hey, sometimes you 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 roll the dice and hey, you win. You know, look at the Raptors with Kawhi Leonard. They rolled the dice and now they're winning. So maybe the Liberty want to roll the dice. The uh, New York Liberty might want to roll the dice. But um, I don't know if I would roll the dice with Tina Charles. That's a lot to give up. And it's it's consistent. It's consistency, you know. And Brianna Stewart, she's in her second year, and she's got this ruptured Achilles heel. I mean, that's a, that's a tough, tough call. I don't know what I would do. But that, then again, Coach Luke is not a general manager with that tough, tough decision. That's a tough, tough decision to make. I believe I would keep Tina Charles if I was in that position. I mean, she's been a staple with the team. Uh, uh, and, and you know, she's just been a great, great ball player. And, I mean, you know, I would keep her. I mean, the fans love her. You know, she gives her maximum effort every night. And, and you know, I would keep her. I would keep her in a Liberty uniform for as long as she wants to be in a Liberty uniform. Because a lot of times what happens is we give up gems. We give up great players and believe what we're going to get in the future is an even greater player. And it never happens. 
It never happens. So Coach Luke will keep Tina Charles. And of course, like I said, Brianna Stewart, she's going to be an excellent, excellent player and possibly the best player that has played in the WNBA, or this probably wouldn't even be a conversation. Once again, tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram. Tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. If you need good training, you people know what to do. Hit the email button. Download, share, like, share your comments. Download, like. Come on, let's go, people. This is some good stuff. Let's do it. All right? What I'm about to, what Coach Luke is about to get into now is, uh, um, Ah, you know, a lot of people say, I don't know, Coach Luke. I don't know if you should talk about this topic. Well, you know when Coach Luke hears that, I don't know if you guys know me, but that means I'm going to talk about it. (laughs) Please don't tell me what I shouldn't do, because that means nine times out of ten, Coach Luke's going to do it. All right? Now, the conversation at hand is, the Jordan brand. Me, myself, uh, I'm not a big, uh, as far as the apparel, me, myself, I'm not too much into the Jordan brand. But there's nothing wrong with the Jordan brand. It's an excellent, excellent brand. I mean, it's it's the a billion-dollar brand. And, I mean, you know, you have so many people that love the brand. and I, And Coach Luke loves the brand also. It's just that you won't find Coach Luke wearing it that much. But I love the brand, too. I love where it started. I love where it's gone. I mean, it's just transcending up. So the Jordan brand is an excellent brand before I say what I have to say. <laughs> now, you know, one of the things that, that's going on with the Jordan brand is that the Jordan brand is starting to get a little bit of pushback here. They're starting to get a little bit of pushback. Well, you know, there's a lot of collegiate teams that are assigned to the Jordan brand. There are well over 36 or maybe more players in the NBA that signed to the Jordan brand, not to mention the millions and millions and, and who knows, probably billions of people that wear the Jordan brand faithfully. So this is a big, big conglomerate. This is a big, big uh, uh, brand that that we're talking about here. And, you know, what's been going on is the pushback that the Jordan brand, from what we understand, is getting comes from women. All right? So now, you know, they haven't signed a, a – a, and not just women. Because, again, listen – When I say women, I'm talking about basketball because the Jordan brand came from the game of basketball, all right? And so when I say uh, women, there are other women that uh, represent the brand, that endorse the brand. You know, you have a lot of women, you know, Serena Williams. There's a lot of women, but the WNBA has a bone to pick because they haven't signed any WNBA players since Maya Moore. And I think that was mm, maybe 2012, all right, since Maya Moore. So, you know, that's the pushback that's coming at the Jordan brand. So now that they get the pushback, what is happening now is that they've signed two young women, and that's great. Sometimes you have to make these brands uh, pay attention to what they're doing, and then they can correct it. I don't know if it was intentionally. I don't know if it was just by by the brand looking past the certain women that's in the WNBA or not. But they've done their due diligence, the Jordan brand, and they've signed two women to uh, for a heavy endorsement of the Jordan brand. All right? We have one Asia Durr, who is uh, formerly of the Louisville Cardinals, all right? And she's on the New York Liberty. And then you have one Kia Nurse, who played for UConn, and she's also 
on the New York Liberty. So both of these young women are teammates on the New York Liberty, and they just signed an extensive endorsement brand deal with the Jordan brand. And that's an excellent, excellent move. Hopefully there will be more young women in the WNBA that will sign a deal with the Jordan brand. Because remember, this brand is in, or, or this brand is all over the place. All right. This brand, um, there are collegiate programs that, that only wear the Jordan brand, male and female. All right, so there's a lot of money flying around, and I really believe that this was a great move that that the Jordan brand is making it known that they're going to change a little bit of their policy and they're going to start signing WNBA women to the Jordan brand. So we have, like I said, we have Asia Durr, and then we have Kia Nurse, and I hope more women are to follow. I really do. Now, of course, like I said, you got about 35 or 36 uh, NBA players that are endorsed by the Jordan brand. So that's moving very, very well. And it might be even more. I can only number 36, but, but there might be even more as we speak because, you know, the season is over. And I think after every season, they add, you know, the brand adds a few more players. Okay, but it's great to hear that now you have WNBA players that will be repping the Jordan brand a little bit more. All right. And that's an excellent, excellent thing because the women need to be noticed in the Jordan brand as well as the men. And so, um, you know, that's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, that the Jordan brand is kind of leaning more towards the WNBA. And not just the WNBA, because you have a lot of professional organizations. Uh, um, the USA Olympic women team. You have um, uh, players overseas, you know, professional players overseas also that uh, I'm believing um, rep the Jordan brand. But they're not endorsed by them. See what I'm saying? And that means a lot. That goes a long way when these young women are endorsed by the company. All right? If they're not endorsed and they're taking their hard-earned money and purchasing these sneakers and apparel. And so as long as they're endorsed, then the, the, the merchandise will come to them and they will rep the merchandise to the fullest. And so this is just a wonderful thing. All right. And so, you know, everybody in the all, all things basketball podcast room is cringing as coach Luke is talking about it. But then again, that's the beauty of not having to answer to anybody. I can do what I want and say what I want, you know. Now, of course, I might get flack, but I'm ready for it. Bring on the heat. Bring it on. Once again, tap into all things basketball podcast on Instagram. Tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. If you need good training, hit that email button. Download, share, like. Come on, people. Tap in, tap in. Let's go. Is Andre Iguodala one of the clutch shooters of this new generation? Now, this is coming off the Instagram, people. Is Andre Iguodala one of the clutch shooters of this new generation. Well, he hit a big, big shot last night. He hit a big, big one last night. I'll tell you right now. And um, I'm wondering, I'm starting to think of this generation. Yeah, yeah, Coach Luke thinks so. But there's a few of this generation. Mainly his teammates, the Splash Brothers, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. They're clutch shooters of this generation also. All right. And you have, you know, in my opinion, you got a guy like, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving is a clutch shooter of this generation. You know, Kimba Walker is a clutch shooter of this generation. 
You know, you got some guys out there that Coach Luke would say are clutch shooters of this generation. Now, have they all done it on the level of Andre Iguodala? Well, I would say Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson has. All right? And and that's just off, off, of, off of the top of my head right now. If Coach Luke sat around, there would probably be a few more that I could name. But yeah, Andre Iguodala is 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 I would say one of the he is one of the top clutch shooters uh of this generation. He's made a very, very tough shots uh in the last few years. I mean, especially when he was the MVP of the finals. I mean, he came up big every single game. So yes, I, I to answer that question. Yes, Andre Iguodala is one of the one of the most clutch shooters of this generation. I really had to think about that because you got to remember there are a lot of clutch players in the NBA, and I still to this day, as far as the new generation of players, I don't even think there's a shot that that matches Kyrie Irving a few years back when they uh when Cleveland beat Golden State. So there's still no one who's made a shot like that. But if you want to ask me about Andre Iguodala, uh, I think you're pretty accurate as far as him being um, one of the clutch shooters of this generation. You know, now when you when you say this generation, I'm hoping that you mean the last ten years from 2010 to now. All right, because you know, Coach Luke, I don't want to give away my age, but I go back and I got a lot of clutch, clutch performers that I can come up with. <laughs> but no, from 2010 to 19, um, yes, yes, Andre Iguodala is one of the top clutch shooters, uh, of this era right now. So the answer is yes, you know, I believe so. All right. All right. Tap in. Tap in the All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram. Follow me and I'm going to follow you. Tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. If you need good training, you guys know what to do. Just tap that little button if you need good training. Don't be shy. Tap it. Download. Share. Like. You know, the Instagram is open. The Instagram is open. I love that question about the rebounding, and I always love questions about training. You know, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. NBA recap. Wow. Did you guys see that game last night? Did you guys see that game last night? You know, the coach in me couldn't understand And, and hey, kudos to the defending champ Golden State Warriors. They did what they had to do. And they've been here before. They, they, they know what to do in these situations. But I'll tell you, it seems like the Toronto Raptors tried to match them three-point shot for three-point shot. And you can't do that. It's impossible. There's no way you can match the Golden State Warriors three-pointer for three-pointer. You know, and Nick Nurse is an excellent coach, but please, Nick, call a timeout and let these guys know, hey, we didn't win the first game like that, and we're not going to win the second game like that. Let's start driving to the basket and then kick out for threes. That's our game. But, hey, that's me as the coach because Coach Nurse is, again, an excellent coach, and, you know, He has all the timeouts in his pocket. Coach Luke doesn't. But I tell you what, it just seemed to me like the Toronto Raptors was trying to match the Golden State Warriors shot for shot. And there's nobody in the NBA that can match the Golden State Warriors shot for shot. Nobody. But it was an excellent game. The defending champions tied the series 1-1. And now we're going back to uh, um, Oakland, the Oracle. And, and, you know, now Golden State, the defending champions, will host two games on their floor. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, people, you guys know, 
Coach Luke got the Toronto Raptors winning in seven. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Toronto's an excellent road team also. I said in my last podcast, Golden State's an excellent road team. But remember, Toronto's an excellent road team too. All right? And so, they, you know, just because they're going back to, to Oakland doesn't mean Toronto can't go in there and grab one. They've got, you know, they got that bad, bad man Kawhi. All right? And, <laughs> you know, you could tell he had a good, good game, but it wasn't a vintage Kawhi. And we're going to get more vintage Kawhi, you know. So we don't know when it's going to come out. It might come out game three. So we just got to stay tuned in and glued in, people. We got to stay tuned in and glued in. And I tell you, you know, DeMarcus Cousins came up big. I told you guys in the last podcast when Soul Plane was here, I tell you, the wrinkle, I mean, you know, episode 11 when Soul Plane was here, that, that Golden State had a few wrinkles, all right? It had a few wrinkles. And DeMarcus Cousins was one of those wrinkles. And he came up big defensively and offensively. He just came up big all the way around. And it was hard for uh, uh, Toronto to get a grip on him. He's much faster than, than Mark Casar. All right. And even when they put Serge Ibaka on him, he was still having his way. He had an excellent, excellent game. And I believe he was the X factor. I don't believe Toronto saw him coming. I really don't believe they saw him coming. And, um, you know, it was just a wonderful, wonderful game. You know, um, Golden State got a lot of production and a lot of, from a lot of different players. And, and again, I just think the Toronto Raptors tried to go three-pointer for three-pointer, and that's not their game. Again, no one can go trade three-point shot for three-point shot with the Golden State Warriors. You're not going to win that way. You're just not going to win that way. But it was an excellent game. Coach Luke enjoyed the game. I enjoyed anything and all things basketball. <laughs> all things basketball podcast. That's what we got right here. Tap in, tap in, tap in. Tap in the All Things Basketball podcast on Instagram and tap in the All Things Basketball podcast on Facebook. Again, you need good training, hit that email button and hit it twice if you want to. But I tell you this. Download, share, like. Let's do it, people. Let's go. There's some good stuff. All right. So, you know, we got game three coming up. We got game three coming up. And, you know, we're getting down. We're winding down. And, again, like Coach Luke said, I believe it's going to go seven games. We're going to have a long series. Of course, my buddy Soul Plain Dirk said six. So we have a difference of opinion. But again, you know, it's exciting. It's very exciting when it gets down to this time of year. It really, really does. It really gets exciting. I mean, both teams are strategizing as we speak. You know, you're not going to get much sleep if you're playing in this series. You're not going to get much sleep if you're coaching in this series. The coaching staffs are not going to get sleep. The players are not going to give, get any sleep. They're going to be giving it their all. They're going to really be trying to figure out how can I beat my opponent. And it's wonderful when you're in this situation. But, again, it's 1-1 and it's even. And that's why we're calling this episode, episode 13, even. 1-1. And that's the NBA recap. And I tell you, it's just some exciting basketball. You got to love it, people. You really do. I mean, Coach Luke loves it. I mean, this is this is what, uh, you know, I live for, a great series, you know. And even, you know, even if you find out that it's not going to turn into a great series, but it's great basketball. My eyes are keen to great basketball. And I tell you, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, I tell you, episode 13, even, 1-1, one, one. it's just a wonderful thing, people. 
And again, I appreciate all the listeners. Like I said last in last episode, I appreciate you guys for tuning in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from seven to eight. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Again, tap in all things basketball podcast on Instagram. Follow me, and I'll follow you. Tap in the All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. Hit that email button. We got a lot of great coaches on deck. Well, we finished episode 13 and on to the next one. We're transcending up. All right. Thank you. God bless and good night.